like street banter where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other one is just along for the ride. What's up, James? What's up, How's it going? Going all right. Why do you always have a new background every time we talk? Because I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, what kind of ambiance, what kind of vibe I'm going for, mostly. Um, which really just tells you I, I can't find any of that work. And I, I don't think this one's going to stay either, you know. We really need that influx of, of investment where, you know, we really upgrade to these fancy studios that you see all of these streamers and podcasters have, right? I, I wish I believed in ourselves <laughs> <laughs> enough to just throw a bunch of money. Just like, all right, let's hey, hey, honey, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting the day job and I'm going to spend a couple grand on a lot of material. Uh, I'm out. So we don't need insurance. I'm betting on myself, babe. <laughs> nope, not yet. <laughs> not doing that. It would be cool to have like one of those mics that come from above and you go, hello. Like you just feel like you're in like a sexy talk radio. Like, well, like good morning. Right. Welcome to 971, the morning show. You know, those fancy circle lights that everybody has, those are relatively cheap. Like, it'd be really easy just to go get one of those. My coworker has one like just for work. I'm like, <laughs> I guess if I'm trying to make a professional podcast, I guess I could at least do that much. But I'm like, nah. They are probably a low key influencer and you just don't even know it. She's like big into makeup and stuff. So and I wouldn't doubt it. Doing like some DIYs on. See, she's betting on herself. She's betting on herself. Something, something's going on. And <laughs> at this point, I'm. You know, it's two years into the co-worker relationship. So, it's, you know, the time for asking questions has passed. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Just leave it posted on the floor. Um, at work, do you ever fill out surveys uh, to, I guess, more of a requirement of things like to show, not show nepotism or not show not working, like showing that, you know, what the contract is? but really like the not nepotism thing. Yeah, that's really funny. I think I know exactly where you're going with this. And um, that's funny because every year when I teach a class, I have to sign this thing that's called a form C. And basically the entire form is guaranteeing that I don't have some type of conflict of interest between my, my life outside of work and teaching the class and with the university and all of this stuff. So yeah, I actually have to um, check a box, put down my name and send it on to HR. Now, do you think the people that send it to you have to fill out those? Oh yeah, I mean, my understanding is everybody's gotta do it. Hmm. It's something about how the rules apply to everybody. No, that's not a thing, not when you're in power. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. If the tennis thing down in Australia has shown us anything, the, the rules only apply to to people without any power or money or fame or whatever the case is. So anyway, you know, let's quit beating around the bush. What are you trying to get at here, bud? I, I thought you knew. So I guess I'll just break the news to you. Uh, Dick Monfort Fort, has hired Sterling Monfort as the director of professional scouting operations. Yeah, I did saw you that. notice the connection that they had the same last name? No, totally. I had my blinders on, just went right by me. Yeah, no, um, of course, that's the first thing 
I saw was okay. Um, we hired we hired the kid to do a really important front office job, and now I'm trying not to be cynical. I'm not trying to be mean, and I don't have it out for anybody. And yeah, there's a conflict of interest there, but maybe he's qualified. I thought to myself, maybe he's just very very qualified. He knows what he's doing, and you know maybe at the end of the day he does. But based off of I've just I've done very limited research here, just based off of what other teams have done and Sterling's um, publicly available resume on LinkedIn. Um, it, it doesn't appear that this is a good a good thing. And let me tell you why. Um, just briefly going through, you know, again, this is just LinkedIn. Anybody can go look at it. Sterling, um, you know, seems like a really articulate guy. Um, but really, he he brags about being about not brags about, but highlights the fact that um, he studied business um, at Arizona State. My understanding, he didn't play baseball. He didn't play any baseball, college baseball. Any, any he played sport. club ball. Played played club ball. He played I mean, club ball. He slashed at three thirty three, four twenty nine, three eighty nine in two thousand. Okay, I'm sure finding a spot on a club team when when you know dad's the owner of a team. I mean three thirty. I mean that's good for him. Good for him. Okay. Played some club ball. Got it. Um, but really hammered home the business aspect of his degree. His highlight really was interning at uh, none other than the Grand Junction Rockies, um, where he really, you know, developed leadership skills, interpersonal skills, and developmental skills. Um, and I'm sure he did develop all of those things. And that's where he gets to start in scouting. So good. I mean, that's some really good practical experience. Um I, I would have loved an opportunity like that. Um, so that's great that, that he got that, right? But from there, um, his internship experience, he, he really was a coaching assistant, apparently. Um, and then he went in and worked as a scouting field advisor uh, for the Rockies, did that for seven years, got bumped up to an assistant director of scouting operations in 2018. And now he's the director of... Um, pro personnel and pro scouting. Um, that's pretty, I don't know, that's 10 years and, and you're already the, the director of, of pro scouting with, you know, with club ball and a business degree. Now, all of that combined, that doesn't really scream like, okay, super unqualified for the job, but like, let's look at a team that I consider to do things right when it comes to the front office and that's Tampa Bay Rays, who I talk about all the time. Their front office, they have three senior directors, um, one for amateur ball, one for pro, and one for um, international. Now, the Rockies do have their own vice president for international scouting, um, but they definitely don't have three senior directors. To my understanding, Sterling is going to report to one person and one person only um, when it comes to pretty much anything. Um, and one of the senior directors, I mean, I just – glanced at it and they played ball they spent time as a pro scout um for a good 10 years so i mean i don't know what, what do you think i mean i'm kind of i'm obviously kind of going hard at sterling here maybe it's unjustified i don't know what do you think it's justified it's the rockies doing rocky things right it's all within it's monfort pulling the strings what he wants what he gets yes men like is Sterling really going to say no to Pops? I'm probably not. Going, Pops put him in this position at 31. 
Like he's 31 years old. Well, and just going, just going back to the nepotism thing, like it screams nepotism and conflict of interest just all over it. And that, that is a, this is a microcosm of what's wrong with professional sports, like literally in every professional sports. I mean, NFL coaching staffs are really just um, a carousel of who knows who, like the Broncos, oh, yeah. the Broncos just fired Vic Vangio. Like, so what? He's going to go be a defensive coordinator for some other team because he knows other guys. And it's just a, it's just an inner circle that we're not invited in. And if you do break through, then you're in it. It's a, it's a club. Right. Um, and th so this is just a microcosm of, of the problem of nepotism in professional sports. Now um, I really kind of glance at the front office staff again, and there's another Monfort that heads up um, business partnerships, which is like, that's all good. That has nothing to do with really the on the field product. Right. Um, and that seems like a better role for Sterling, honestly, with, with his business degree and all of that. Um, not so much the scouting side of things. I don't really, I mean, I don't have any choice. You're going to either prove that you're worth it or you're not. And so I guess we'll find out, but um, I'm not optimistic. And also had Sterling like been a part of a different front office, like say, Hey, you know, dad called the Tampa Bay Rays, the guy he knows over there and says, Hey, give my kid a shot. And he proves himself at a different organization or whatever. Then, then there's a little bit more credibility and merit to that. But the fact that he's been, he's, you know, he's just been in the Rockies organization screams, screams nepotism and handouts. Yep. And he's been working under a new GM, Bill Schmidt for these years too. Like Bill Schmidt, as his little protege, the owner's protege under his wing. And so, like Rockies fans, we are fed up with the same old, same old. We wanted to hire within, we want or without. We wanted to look outside of it. And then the Rockies did what they did with Schmidt. And again, the merits are there that Schmidt deserves the job on paper. As of now, I don't think Sterling has had enough experience to be the senior scouting director or whatever it is um professional scouting operations director like he's 31 like what experience has he had like you said outside of it he's only been told shown one way that's it well it's in both of those situations everybody was already mad about the bill schmidt situation two things number one is occam's razor right the simplest explanation is usually the correct one Okay, now is Sterling the director of, of scouting because he deserves it? Probably not, because the simple thing is it's the owner's son, right? Right. Um, Bill Schmidt, um, when it comes to walks like a duck, talks like a duck, probably a duck, right? Probably he had a, a duck. <laughs> he had he had an opportunity to prove that you know he um, was going to be awesome, but he dropped the ball the trade deadline, held on to our biggest asset to try and rebuild things, and. Um, I mean, it wasn't just one asset, it was our biggest asset, and then our next biggest asset, and then our next biggest asset had a chance to move pieces to, to rebuild and nothing happened. It's just, and so like the biggest thing for me is I'm always one to give benefit of the doubt, whatever you're in your position, show me that you're going to work hard and make things happen. Right. Haven't seen that with bill. Haven't seen that with Sterling, whatever. And the fact that his name is Sterling, is kind of funny. Um, but it's, show me something but what happens when he doesn't show me anything for two or three years what happens when he doesn't show billy anything for two or three years 
Well, it's it means that he's going to stick around for 10, 15 years because he is the owner's son. Or he's going to take over as ownership, and here we go again with more BS. Yeah, what's the, what's the accountability look like in that office when things are going poorly and the on-the-field product is not what it's supposed to be or it's continually losing year in, year in, year, year in and year out, and then Sterling walks into a meeting, you think the first thing he's going to do is go, you know, last couple of years is on me, guys. That's my bad as director of scouting. Hell no, that conversation would never happen. It just passed the buck. And especially when you have that level of nepotism and conflict of interest, like it's just so easy to just say, well, I'm doing my part. What are you guys doing? It's you guys. It's not me. Right. You know, so on and so forth. And you see that in so many different power structures all the time. Everybody. I see it in my own personal work daily. life. Daily. Yeah, daily. Yeah, I see it in my house daily. <laughs> I could only imagine. <laughs> I could only imagine what it's like when money and and things like that are, aren't a problem. Right. Um, I don't know, dude. It's just, it's just like little things that we continually do to keep the house ablaze. Like <laughs> nobody's actively trying to put out the fire. We're just like adding to it. Right. And just, I guess as fans, we're just like getting around it for warmth at this point. <laughs> right. Let's just watch we're the not, fire. That is the yeah, fire. We're, not, we're not trying to fix anything. We're just trying to burn it all down and stay warm. Thankfully, thankfully, it's down the hallway in the laundry room as opposed to on the field where it's at least somewhat fun to watch the ballplayers ball. But then you have Fiesel as the, G, as the team president, too, who is a yes man. So it's everything. It just solidifies everything that Colorado Rockies fans have been fed up with for so long. And we know and what you, the issue is. It's, it's completely a top-down problem. Yeah, it's all of it. Like, and always, I, I think we've beat that drum plenty of times like this conversation, like it's just nothing until you prove that, Hey, we can do this in house and like prove it wrong and get me show us second place. Like NL West title would be fantastic. Like show us that it's working. Like, and you're competing with the Dodgers and the Padres and the random giants, like, but we haven't seen that. So we should be skeptical. We should be, we should be hard on this hiring and this, promotion within and sit here and go here we fucking go yeah i mean obviously hope i'm wrong i don't have anything personal against that guy or any of the people there but i mean just the writing on the wall seems pretty clear and it's it's not good so i don't know um i think i i beat that drum as much as i can yeah let's move on like everybody listening is probably over it too sorry guys maybe girl um <laughs> <laughs> one single email sorry. sorry listeners sorry mom um <laughs> are you familiar with the name jordan pacheco yeah jordan yeah uh, pretty catcher. Cool. yeah caught for us for a while um he had one year where he batted really well average wise um, I thought he flirted with a batting title that year for some reason. His one really good year where he hit for average. Uh, could be remembering that wrong, but I also 309. remember. 309 in uh, 2012. Yeah, he wasn't that far off from yeah. uh, from whoever won the batting title that year. Um, I know catching-wise, defense 
which was suspect. Um, I believe we tried him out at a couple different positions. Anyway, he was fun to watch. I mean, th- th- that was losing teams, of course. Um, but he was fun to watch there for a few years. And then he moved on to the Arizona Diamondbacks and always rooted for the guy. He's a grinder. Yeah. He was playing ball just last year. Um, I think independent ball. I mean, it kind of goes kind of like we're happy about it or kind of cool or whatever, but it's it's who you know again. It's kind of nepotism in its own right. Well, yeah. So what are we talking about here? Why are we bringing up Pacheco? So Pacheco has been assigned as the was the AAA hitting coach, right? Yeah, New Mexico. Yeah. So Albuquerque hitting coach to coach those guys up down there. So he's now in our system as a coach. Um, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. A guy that didn't hit very well. I mean, he hit he hit for average that one year, but outside of that, my understanding is he really wasn't a very good hitter. Um, yeah, you don't have to be a good hitter to be a good coach. That's true. That's true. You can you can figure it all out. What do they say? You can't do teeth, right? Yeah, that's why. Why? I'm, <laughs> that's why we're both teachers. That's why we're educators. Yeah, idiots. Um, <laughs> but I mean, everybody like I think people seem to like him. He's a grinder. He's he's a good follow on the social. He's I think yeah, he, he seems like a good. He's well guy. respected. I think he's gonna have that good clubhouse feel to it. Um, so I expect the Albuquerque Isotopes to have a team average of four hundred with a slugging percentage team average of eight thirty. Um, yeah, I expect that at least six or seven guys to probably move into the pipeline type top 100. But then, review. but then Sterling will probably take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I brought Pacheco in. He won't but, take credit. Dad, Dad will just hand it to him. <laughs> Rassles. But Jordan Pacheco, welcome back, buddy. Pretty cool. I have uh, reached, out to, reached out to him on the socials. He hasn't con- contacted me back. Shocked. Yeah, shock. All right, zips. Let's go through it. Um, so this guy, Dave Zimborski. No idea if I said that right. He was like graph zips. Fan graph zips. He likes to get projections on this team. Um, and it's dark. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's really no reason to believe that we're gonna be. Um, any better let alone significantly better than we were last year um, if things stay the same obviously we know with the lockout and free agency all that stuff things could shift quite uh, quickly but um, historically the Rockies typically don't do anything in free agency so not expecting anything there but as things are now um, things are dark like you said so um, found gra- fan graph zips just projects war um, for, for our for our dudes um, there really isn't a lot standing out. So um, you wanted to do some type of over-under thing? Yeah. What do you predict? Um, as according to Dan, the Rockies are the worst-run team in baseball. It's not particularly close at this point. <laughs> you can't, yeah, so. can't disagree with the facts. All right. So his right fielder is Charlie Blackman, which makes sense, right? Yes. And his projected war is 0. 0.6. Uh, over Charlie had, Charlie had a really bad – year by his standards last year uh power wasn't there i'm going to think he bounces back and has at least a war over one so i'm going over on blackman 
I am too. I was looking at some information. Like his strikeouts were the lowest that they've been in since 2012. His walks were the highest since they've been in that time. And his hard hit rate was the highest it's like ever been. So like he had a down year, but all of his out like outlier stats say like he should have been better than he was. So I think he bounces back next year and he'll be all right. Hopefully I think he does. Yeah. I'm taking I'm taking the over, but I'm not gonna be shocked if if it goes the other way, because there's times he looked, he looked pretty old out there. Yeah. And shit, I would too. Like, yeah, we need course. that DH. We need yeah. that DH. He's done everything that he's ever needed to do for us. So there's no shame there. But he's the, he is. The window is closing. He's the next guy. He's the next number they retire. Yeah. Hilliard and Daza in center, a combo, which makes sense. Um, I project Hilliard to be the starting center fielder come August 1st or whenever it is, if we get it. But the projected 1.1 war combined. Uh, I'm going to go over, and the reason I'm going to go over is because if Hilliard is the starter, his power numbers can be elite. Yeah. Agreed. It, it just, is he going to put bat to ball enough times is the only question. Because if it does – if he does see ball and hit ball, ball goes. Yeah, there's only two guys I watch, and like I know if they make any contact, like it's just just look out. That's CJ Crone and Hilliard. Yeah, I like that. Left field, Tapia and Joe, point eight. I'm gonna go under, and I hate to say it, but I just don't see that combo being any good. Yeah, same. I'm going pusher under. I'm going to say under. But I also don't think Tavi is part of the team opening day. You don't think so? No, he won't. Let, let me put it this way. I don't think he'll be there for July 31st. Yeah, and I he's love Connor Joe. I love Connor Joe, but, I mean, he's he was a journeyman for a reason, you know. I think Joe and Valet take that over. and I, I mean, if that can be a good combo, that'd be good, great. Also, Conforto is going to be signed by the Rockies, and he's going to go. Dude, and, and Tapia is quite famously last year put the ball on the ground more than anybody else. So yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> McMahon and Welker at one point seven at third. McMahon and Welker. Yeah, um, and I think this he one's... has this where he's splitting McMahon between second and third. So I think he's splitting that war between it. Um, surprisingly, I'm gonna go over. I think I think McMahon rounds rounds a corner offensively. Um, Welker, I know he's been kind of a hot prospect coming up. Um, he was suspended for a really long time last year because um, Peds, but I don't know. I I don't know what Welker's gonna do. I don't either. I'm not too optimistic, but I think McMahon could round a corner offensively, and we already know his defense is elite. So I think, I think if the war we're talking about is combined, uh, I'm gonna go over. I think over too. I think you're gonna see. Also, my projected is that we're gonna see more Montero than Welker at third base this year. That's that's a hot take. Yeah, we'll we'll dive into that next time. Shortstop. Hampson and Trejo, 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5, that's a low bar. <laughs> it is. 
Um, but Blackman at point six, like that's kind of a shockingly low bar too. Um, this guy's just. I'm actually. I'm gonna go under. Um, Hampson, elite speed. Uh, he can hit it out, but you know he's he's had opportunities, and I, I'm not convinced he's gonna be starting shortstop day one. So. No, I think Trey Hill will also be start starting start team shortstop, but I think he'll struggle in his first full season. I'm yeah, and I don't. My I'm understanding of Trey is, is it's not an offensive offensive powerhouse. You know, it's not like Glaber yeah. Torres coming through the system. Dude, I know led, led the minors in double um, in extra base hits last year or last year, and ISO. Okay, well, he's quietly got some pop, a lot of double power. Okay, well, heard it here first. Yeah. Sneaky pop. You can also read the blog that I talked about with the minor leagues power that was just released. Second base, Roger splitting with McMahon, 2.1. I think that's too high, and I'm going to go under. Um, Rogers, you know where stands, but I'm just going to leave it at under. <laughs> Man, I'm going over. Rogers will alone have a 5-4. I hope so. I hope you're right. You're here first, Shaq guys. I'm such a you are cynical, a cynical guy. <laughs> <laughs> CJ Crone, two, first base. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go under again. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> Dude, I was I would hated CJ Crone halfway through the season last year. And you then, still are mad. Not even more because he proved you wrong. I know. I have to swallow my ego on that one. And I don't know if I'm ready to do it tonight. So, <laughs> so stick into it. Yeah. Talk to me July 1st. Diaz and Nunez 1.0. Under. Our catchers are so bad, dude. Dude. They've Diaz always is, been bad. Diaz is electric. Oh, yeah. I mean, defensively for sure. Thrown out guys for sure. Um, he had some clutch hits. That's awesome. Um, but consistency, that's not a thing, <laughs> especially at the Rockies uh, catching position. Nunez is awesome. I love a Dom Dong more than anybody else. <laughs> Give me all the more Dom Dongs, but we need more of them. Dude struggled at the plate last year. Yeah, then Dom Dongs just don't come. Just don't come. Don't come soon enough, you know. <laughs> no. Often enough. No. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I think yeah, I got, I'm gonna go under. Yeah, like, no. We need Drew Romo and Willie Mack as the platoon. All right, um, starters. Mark has three point six. You have somewhere to be. <laughs> so gotta, yeah, go ahead. Marquez 3.6, Cindy 3, Freeland 2, Gomber 2.1, and then Lambert and Rollinson are going to be combined 0. 0.6. Um, um, what surprised you? Let's not do over under on each one. Nobody's got time for that. Sensatella is too high. No. Nope. Uh, Sensatella is too high. Freeland nope. and Gomber are about right. Lambert's too low. Um, Rollinson's an unknown. And I'm actually going to take the over because I need an exciting young guy to rally around. And he's going to be my guy. Is he the pitcher you're kind of leaning to for the fifth, sixth spot? Yes. 
Yeah, definitely. Cause you know, you know, people are going to get hurt and all that. So he's going to have plenty of opportunity to spot start and, and prove himself. And I could see, honestly, I love Sensatella, but I could see him, you know, hitting one of those mental roadblocks that kind of get in his way every now and then. Mm-hmm. Fair. I was surprised by Gomber being higher than Freeland. Yeah, that Freeland number is pretty low, but unfortunately I think it's right. Um, yeah. Gomber can be, I think Gomber can go higher. Gomber. He showed, he showed some amazing stuff last year and he was hurt like all the time. Right. So yeah, I'm going uh, to say those are all pretty good. I'm, I'm throwing Ashton Goodell in there and he's going to have a point three or higher war as a starter. Relievers. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Estevez, Bard, Stevenson, Sashin, um, Kinley, Gilbreth, Sheffield, and Lawrence, a 1.8. Can I say this out loud? I don't hate our bullpen. I mean, it's you can not, say it. It's you can say it. I mean, it's it has so much potential to be great. The way Gilbert was pitching at the end and Chef if he's healthy. Bard struggled. Carlos is Carlos. But Bob, Robert Bob, he was doing solid. Just saying. I think if this was I think if this was like medieval times and I wanted to punish you, I would make you go stand in front of Coors Field with a sign that says our bullpen isn't that bad. Just My so bullpen does smashed. not make me do it. <laughs> Just so you get smashed with tomatoes like all day long. Because our bullpen, hell no. Come our on. bullpen is going to be trash again. No. Again. No. Higher. I will make you 2.5 right now. 2.5 more. I will make you a bet right now that our bullpen will be bottom five, bottom five of the league. Well, like I agree you with you. Smaller? I, like you I agree with bottom, you. You okay, can't say bottom, bottom five. I'll give you bottom three. Bottom five in like war, park adjusted ERA, just in general. I'll give you bottom three in war, park bottom. adjusted war. Is that a thing? I think Forest already <laughs> park adjusted. <laughs> I'll ask Mike. Mike will get back to me. Mike doesn't that. know. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going higher than 1.8. I'm going at least a 2.5. Two, 2.5 five. Two, five and we're in the wild card. I'm not. No. <laughs> Have you seen the West? No, so, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, yeah, so that, that zips Mr. Dave over here, this negativity. I mean, it's fair. I mean, this, it's just, God damn it. Yeah, it sucks. Can we extend we need, the lockout just a little bit longer? I need you to get on the horn with Sterling Monfort and let him know that there's more pro talent out there and we need to get some of them. Who, who does he sign? I don't know. Sweet talk, Trevor Story coming back. <laughs> Do something. Get on the horn. Make some calls. Run that. Run. Run it back with Story. That'd be fantastic. I still want Michael Conforto. I don't care. Go get somebody. Yeah, give me something. It was. I had a thought. Like it was. Something. It was like I heard somebody talking about the Bulls. Like we know the Bulls aren't going to win the championship. Like there's just no way they compete with the Lakers or the Nets or whatever. But they are at least they at least brought in people to make it fun to watch. They at least showed like, hey, we're gonna put a competitive team out there. We're gonna give you something. 
And I was thinking like, that's what the Rockies want to do. Cause they're not going to tank the Rockies organization just isn't going to like completely tank. So why, what are you going to do to keep me as a fan is all I want from them. I want you know one big giant ass signing. What's horrible is that the, I don't think the Rockies don't take for, for the moral reason. I think the Rockies don't take because the lack of organization is so poor and the lack of direction is so poor that they don't tank. Like even teams that are tanking, have better organizations and There's leaderships no no. than what than what we do. No. They, no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No. I guarantee it. There's such no. a lack of a coherent plan no. that no. they're incapable no. of doing it. No. Yes. I refuse to believe that. No. That's fine. You can refuse all you want, buddy. But you know, at the end of the day, sky's still blue, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Pretty dark Most over days. here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, most days, sometimes, yeah, whatever. Okay. Go um, Rocks! <laughs> Woo! Thank you for tuning in. Find more content at BlakeStreetBanter.com.